Mr. Garibaldi, you have to understand that even if I do go into your mind, even if I do find anything, it's not admissible in court. I have looked into the darkness, Natoff. You cannot do that and ever be quite the same again. Sounds nasty. Solar year. Hello and welcome to Who Are You? A Babylon 5 watch cast by a couple of strangers, now friends, who are continuing to get to know each other over one of their favorite shows from their childhood. I am Laura. And I'm Jafer. And today I get to ask Jafer a new question. Oh boy. Jafer, what do you want? You still haven't answered my question, Ambassador. What do you want? Well, what do you mean, what do I want? What do you want? Do you really want to know what I want? Do you really want to know the truth? Come on, I really, really, really want to zig a zig. Does that answer your question? I want some cheap Babylon 5 CCG cards. <laughs> I've been on a bit of a hunt. I think, I think I'm just going to break down and buy a box. I, I found boxes okay. for like 30 bucks on eBay. I was hoping to get some kind of cheaper than that i guess i don't know so i've done a bit of <laughs> delving both into the online like pack situation mm-hmm. i found a handful of like first edition starter decks and stuff but those are all pre-constructed and don't seem as fun and random i then i have a like antique nerd store i don't know how else to describe it it's like old action figures and old card games and stuff yeah okay. um, from the 80s and 90s and that's just like what they do I resent you using the word antique. Yeah. <laughs> but um, anyway. You know what I mean, though? Yeah. And that's a really cool store. I've gone to a couple of times. And they actually have a handful of packs of different expansions for the game mm-hmm. hanging out. They are for other seasons and plots than what we are currently going through. So I think I might pick some up and save them later. But they were asking for like three bucks a pack. And I feel like that's, I guess that's what they cost in the 90s. <laughs> They would have been probably okay. like two or three bucks a pack. Yeah. And for, adjusted for inflation, this does make them cheaper. But it just felt like kind of like a ripoff, especially like, oh, I can go get a box for 30 bucks on eBay. And I haven't done that. But <laughs> I don't know. I got to figure it out. What do we I expect think... to find in the collectible card game? Like, how much do you know about it already? Because I know nothing. I, so you can share with me. I bought some when I was a kid. Okay. And I think I have some somewhere in the house Mm. in a box somewhere i got a handful of a bunch of old cards from star trek card game star wars card game and babylon 5 card game at one point okay from one of my friends whose uncle had passed and i got like a bunch of his old sci-fi books and a bunch of like oh here's this nerd stuff Jafer would love this so i got it which is actually i've gotten a number of things from nerdy uncles of my friends (laughs) thinking about it Um, interesting yeah anyways yeah i I think it'd be fun i've i played a lot of these style of games when i was a child up through in my adult i played a ton of magic uh gathering i played Mm -hmm. magic the gathering competitively for a long time in college like going to pro tour qualifiers and stuff i was never good enough to qualify for a pro tour but i tried a lot yeah magic was one of those that you know it was ubiquitous enough when we were kids 
in the mm-hmm. nerddom that I've been, I've played a little bit of magic, but I have, yeah. I have not played any other collectible card games besides Pokemon, to be honest, like our son's yeah. getting into that one. So I've played that one with him, but I'm waiting for um my nephew to be old enough. For yeah. That. That's going to be fun when he's old enough. Cause I'm just going to spoil that kid rotten with Pokemon cards. <laughs> it could be an expensive habit is what I'm saying. Is it? Okay, that's good. It can be. It can be. It can be. It's one of those things. It can be as expensive as you want to make it. Fair enough. I just miss cracking packs. That smell when you open Mm -hmm. a pack of cards. Yeah. That is the fun part. I'm feeling very nostalgic for it. Mm -hmm. I'm actually, I'm just going to go buy a box as soon as we're off this. Yeah, you should. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'll I'll, uh, encourage that bad habit. Go for it. I want want to see some. Okay. You have to share them I'll with see me if I on can one of these find episodes. The ones I've, I feel like I've got several, like hundreds of them, maybe a thousand of them in a box somewhere in yeah. this house. I just need to find them. I've seen people talking about it on Reddit, the, especially mm-hmm. the Babylon 5 subreddit, but I don't think anyone's ever actually shared like pictures of the cards or. They don't look great. Rules and or, yeah. it seems needlessly complicated. <laughs> I looked into it a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. As part of my, oh, this could be a fun thing. Mm-hmm. Eh, is it though? It'll be fun to open some packs of cards though. Mm-hmm. It will. Just like it's fun to open this episode on some improved CGI. I we see noticed a hazardous that too. waste, mater- hazardous material storage facility well off the station, mm-hmm. uh, which is smart. Don't don't keep it on the station. Yeah, that Easy seems win. like that's legit. Yeah, we don't want the hazardous stuff around the what is it people well how many quarter of a million quarter of a million humans and aliens thank you (laughs) wrapped in 200 million tons of whatever it was steel yes yeah yes you got it you nailed it and uh we uh, move inside to the council chambers where londo is upset that somehow somehow londo is the only one who's taking his job seriously right now (laughs) <laughs> and he is quite upset about this because Londo is the last person to take his job seriously. Right. But Delenn's in a cocoon. Jakar is off somewhere. Mm-hmm. Kosh says nothing. And Sharon is brand new. Yeah, he's stuck with the new guy. And it's just like, how? How did this happen to me? I'm the fun one. <laughs> he's stuck with the new guy and the two assistants. And Lanier mm-hmm. rightly insists that Delenn is indisposed, being yeah. in a cocoon. And Natoth just glares at Londo silently, which is good for her, because when she opens her mouth, she's not the same. Mm-hmm. Londo tries to get a reprimand for both of these governments for their ambassador's actions, but he can't get a second. So way to go, Robert's Rules of Order. <laughs> or the win. He tries to harass Natoth on the way out, but Natoth says, you know, Jakar is investigating the attack in Quadrant 37. He's capable of taking care of himself. Yeah. But boy, I know that we have to recast actors sometimes. It happens. And it's really easy to recast someone who's covered in face makeup and mm-hmm. prosthetics and stuff. But her voice is so different. I knew she was recast. Uh-huh. It was waiting for it. Saw all the the actress and all the makeup and i'm like oh you know that's actually really close and then the voice just killed it for me oh my gosh uh, yes the tooth is just can't handle it yeah <laughs> i get it <laughs> good one um, i've got several planned for the episode <laughs> oh yay uh, give me give me all the puns 
Yeah. She's just not the same. Her voice is yeah. not the same. And speaking of Jakar being able to take care of himself, we cut mm-hmm. to Jakar and a couple of his assisting fighters that are desperately trying to escape from some crazy CGI. Right? Some squid-looking ships. Mm-hmm. They're quickly overtaking them, and his companion fighters sacrifice themselves so that he can escape. And I think just one of them rams an enemy fighter that causes an explosive mm-hmm. distraction. Jakar asks Jaquan to bless their names and escapes the sector yep. to theme. So I read a little bit about JMS posting about this episode. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, the CGI is so much better. Is Specifically the sequence with Jakar in the beginning of the episode. Those CGI models are indistinguishable from actual models being filmed, was his quote. Mm, I okay. disagree. I was going to say, I don't know if I go that far. Maybe, you know, maybe for the time. I mean, it is a big jump from season one. Mm-hmm. But to be sure. Is he referring he's talking to... about the Narn fighters. Yeah. yeah I was like the squid ships. Yeah, the squid ships. There's no way you can mistake that for a model. Maybe the Narns. I'd have to go back and look and watch it again in that context. <laughs> it is not the same. For the time, quite, quite nice. Yep. So Jakar uh, escapes to theme. So we return from the theme on the jazz interlude that indicates a fancy bar setting. <laughs> and I think we're back in the bar from last episode. Yeah. Where we ended. Franklin is looking for Sheridan. He wants to discuss Garibaldi's condition. Franklin's mm-hmm. tried everything. Garibaldi still isn't waking up. But he tells Sheridan he knows of an unauthorized procedure that may help. And he's referring to the alien machine from Quality of Mercy. Mm-hmm. Sheridan expresses some reluctance, but Franklin says he will take the responsibility of being hooked up to the machine in case anything goes wrong. Yep. We're gonna, the alien healing machine is back. Back yeah. in play for a little bit to help Garibaldi out. Sheridan proceeds off from the procedure and then goes to Space TSA to meet his sister. Sister. Yeah. She immediately weight shaves him right out of the gate. Did you catch that? <laughs> <laughs> I did not. Before she gets there, we get uh, Morden and Londo discussing the attack on the Narn. Londo's concerned it can be traced back to him now that Jakar is out there actively looking and he's been out there for a while. Mm-hmm. And Morden's all like, no, there's no way the Narn can know, but the Centauri also don't doubt at all it was you. It's perfect symmetry. But Londo rightfully asks what he would do if he re- requires a second demonstration. Yeah. Like, okay, what if they come and they they want more from me? And Morden just says he just needs to choose a target. And so he lists a couple of things, and Alanda's just like, oh, may as well take out the Narm homeworld, right? And he's just like, mm-hmm. oh, well, not 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 immediately. <laughs> it's just like, oh, and like the look on Lando's eyes when he's all like, oh, this is an option. Uh, yeah. It was just like, oh, shit. And of course, you know, as Morden's leaving, he asks for a favor. This is where the mm-hmm. favors are going to start. This is where, if you're Londo, you should run away screaming. <laughs> yep. Actually, he probably should have run away screaming before now, right? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but if Londo hears about anything unusual happening on the rim, even if it seems unimportant, Mr. Morden would like to know. Mm-hmm. Sheridan and his sister Elizabeth are having dinner. And his sister's name is Elizabeth. And this is kind of weird because we find out, spoilers for season five, uh, Sheridan actually has a wife before Anna whose name is Elizabeth. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, I mean, 
before I should probably ask, uh, you don't have like any siblings named Aaron or anything, do you? <laughs> nope. Okay. Um, <laughs> nope. Feel free to... Joke still works for me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's, I don't, I could not, I have a sister and I could not date someone with the same name as my sister. Yeah. Or my mom while we're at it. That'd also be <laughs> equally weird to me. Yeah. Um, so listener, if you are one of these people, I don't mean offense more. I have a mental hurdle there and you don't. So you're probably more well adjusted than me. <laughs> so there's your laugh. <laughs> there's your laugh listener who thought I was going to shame you. Yeah. But I, I just think it's funny that we don't have discussion of the wife before Anna at any point until season five, probably. <laughs> mm. Well, they address that when the time comes. Oh, of course. I can't yeah, just, wait. I can't wait to see what that is. <laughs> it was it was not a long marriage. Yeah. We'll Anyways, we, we'll get there in a couple of years of recording this podcast. Sheridan is talking nothing but shop at this dinner, which did you clock that Liz is eating her salad with chopsticks? I thought that was funny. <laughs> I did. I thought that was where I thought she was eating sushi and he's talking about the salad. And I'm just yeah. all like, like, OK, and I then- guess sushi could technically vegetarian sushi is technically a salad with rice <laughs> it's the future we do weird stuff in the future it's fine S- seaweed wrap is made of leaves mm-hmm. like okay <laughs> yeah but liz calls him out on talking about nothing but work thinking that you know after two years of not seeing each other they should be talking about different things but john still is in a little bit of you know he's having a little bit of trouble with seeing her yeah. Um, things haven't been the same since Anna passed away. And we start getting a glimpse of Sheridan's tragic backstory, TM, TM, TM. After this dinner and him being upset about people dying, mm-hmm. he goes to Franklin and MedLab to offer some of his life to help bring this complete stranger back. Yeah. And like I mentioned last episode, I feel like if this was Sinclair instead of Sheridan, yeah. it would have meant a lot more. Yeah, this is sort of just like the story trying to declare Sheridan also a self-sacrificing type. (laughs) And it would have been a little better note with Sinclair, wouldn't it? Yeah, but it is what it is. We cut back to Natoth to Electric Boogaloo, who finds Jakar has returned with a warning of what he found out in space. (laughs) Yeah, he, he dramatically declares weep for us all to commercial. Weep for the future. Weep for us all. Back from commercial, Jakar tells Natoth he's looked into the darkness and will never be the same. And I yep. think this is the spot where he's sitting on something. I thought this is like his weird bed. I was like, is his bed a giant slab of rock? <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what an interesting way to sleep. He talks about the Book of Jaquan, which mentions a great war a thousand years ago. And the great enemy is returning. Hmm. How did the Narn know about this? Were they, did they used to be more technologically advanced? They can't have been spacefaring for a thousand years. Could they like, have been like. Bari had been spacefaring for a thousand years. And yeah. look at where their technology is. Look at where the Narn technology sure. is. Like, Could did they have been just, a slave race or something? I, that is one of my notes where they like warriors like brought to the front like. The Mimbari were all like, oh, hey, you're an intelligent species and we need all the help we can get. So you're going to help us fight this battle and just drafted them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it might have been willing. It might have been slavery. Hard to tell. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't know. Maybe the enemy came to them, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, fought them without them being spacefaring. It just seems awkward. There's why would the Narn be involved at where they're at? Because the, in t- terms of like amount of spacefaring time, they're probably closest to humanity. Yeah, that's how I read it. And for them to be involved and for Earth not to be seems like something is off there. Yeah. To me, at least. Mm, something to think about. I do have a theory that relates directly to season three and four spoilers. <laughs> um, we'll, have to, we'll have to save that a little bit. Maybe. Oh, we'll save that for spoiler town in the Discord. Yes. When this episode comes out, someone in the Discord be like, hey, Jafar, why Nar, not Earth? And that will remind me to talk about it, and I'll go off on my spoiler town rant. Yeah. Could it be? Here's a non-spoiler town idea. So why Nar, not Earth? Are the Minbari souls... Yeah, they, they said that the Minbari souls started being reborn in humans 2,000 years ago, right? I'm pretty sure they put the number 2,000 on it. I think it was 1,000. Oh, was it 1,000? Okay. I think well. it was 1,000. And that's not a coincidence. Yeah. So meanwhile, Delenn is pissed at how much incense Lanier is burning in her room and finally starts to wake up. Yeah. The cocoon is cracking open. Smoke is it's pouring very out smoky, everywhere. Very yeah. smoky room. Lanier needs to calm it the fuck down. I know he's a freshman in college and just has a room for the first time, but he needs to calm it the fuck down on the incense. Are you speaking from personal experience? Then we also cut to Garibaldi waking up in medbay with just just an obscene amount of chest hair. Like, whoa. <laughs> uh, his aide overhears the message that he's come out of a coma. And he goes to see him at the same time that Sheridan and Ivanova do. I almost did it. Mm-hmm. And he's just like got his hand on his PPG while Garibaldi's like, oh, who shot me? I, I, I don't remember. And he's like, oh, hand off the gun. Cool. Like WTF, mate. Are you just really going to just shoot him right there in front of God and everyone? That's what if he gots to. I mean, I guess. Finish the job at that point. Garibaldi's like the one person who can actually might be able to prove that this conspiracy is real. I mean, he's going to shoot him right in front of Ivanova and Sheridan. And then that, I mean. Everyone else is dead. You probably just take care of yourself at that point. Yeah, I guess you do, right? I mean. Take care of yourself. That's fucking cold. Yeah. Yikes. Probably just kill yourself at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was was wild. I was watching that scene going, this seems like a bad idea. But okay. Uh, We cut to Lando and Jakar who catch up quickly. And Jakar says they are all at risk. They talk about Delenn, who we find is out of her cocoon, but very badly burned. Oh, I was going to say she's got the grayscale. Oh, (laughs) that too. I like that joke better. Well, I mean, I've made an Austin Powers reference. You made a Game of Thrones reference. So Mm, I feel like like you're more topical than I am. (laughs) I don't remember much Austin Powers, to be honest. (laughs) I recently rewatched them all. Oh, yeah. Do they hold Uh, up at all? They hold up much better than expected, but there are some problems in those movies. Uh, (laughs) Namely, they that's not your mother. That's a man. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, Uh, there's some there's a couple of scenes like that because it was a bit of a running gag. 
But yeah. the thing it does do great is consent. Yeah, I've caught in a couple of those like, you know, discussions on Twitter and what have you about mm-hmm. how well Austin Powers did that for some reason. <laughs> yeah, it had no, it was no expectation to, no right to really, and it handled it mm-hmm. very well. So good on you, Austin yeah. Powers. Anyways, Lanier calls MedLab and Franklin comes to check on her. We cut to Liz and Sheridan talking in his quarters and the conversation turns to Anna. Yeah. John confesses his guilt over choosing his career over his marriage, indirectly leading to her death and her choosing to take the trip that she died on because of him postponing a hang they had scheduled. Yeah. And so we agree that no one should ever name a spaceship the Icarus. Right, That's he, a bad name for a spaceship. He, he tells us that she took a science officer position on the Icarus because he yep. postponed their hang. Check out my new unsinkable ship, the Titanic. Uh, Can't that's... wait to go on this space voyage. <laughs> <laughs> I understand narratively why we use the name Icarus, and it is very, mm-hmm. very good. But the app's name, yeah. We got to all agree as a society, not to use that one, right? For sure. <laughs> and can I just say, Anna is a terrible friend here. Like, he's confessing his feelings about all of this. And yeah. 20 minutes later, she hands him a message of her being all like, I decided to take this trip anyways. Peace. Uh-huh. Like, I, I had decided before he even told me he couldn't make it that I was going to have to cancel on him. How is that not the first words out of your fucking mouth? Like, your brother is confessing to you mm-hmm. feeling responsible for his wife's death. This is your best friend. And you're just like, oh, yeah, no, that's normal. I'll talk to you about this tomorrow, I guess. Yeah. I'll, I'll drop a truth bomb on you later. I mean, yeah. I guess the conversation could be so heavy you don't feel right bringing it up. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, just be like, no, you're wrong. Like, that is not how events happen. That yeah. is your perspective. And I can prove it. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, he has a lot of guilt. He he also says that, you know, he didn't end their last conversation by saying, I love you. He forgot that part. Mm-hmm. And he had these plans to make it up to her and he never got the chance. And that's, that's a really heavy burden to carry around. For sure. Meanwhile, Franklin picks it to lend scabs as mm-hmm. she goes full existential crisis. And Jakar goes to yeah. the council, tells them of the enemy homeworld on Zaha Doom that the Narn are going to scan and then leave. And then Alondo's all like, hey, Morden. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not um, an ominous name, Zahadoom. Not at all. Mm-mm. No. No. Definitely doesn't ring any Lord of the Rings bells. No. Mm-mm. Actually, coincidence. Oh, okay. Someone called him out on it on Usenet. He's just all like, look, the Zaz there because I wanted to make it sound like it was a name the Mimbari gave them. And all of the other like big Mimbari words have Za in them. Mm, okay oh yeah at that point and then doom is there because of doom obviously like it's destruction Uh uh um and so he's just like i just went with that and the uh kaza doom he's like i i acknowledge that it's really fucking close (laughs) Uh, but it was not homage and it was not on purpose i was not actively thinking about kaza doom when i picked zaha doom yeah uh i obviously was probably inspired by what like one of my favorite authors or something uh, yeah. but it was not an active choice that was made. Yeah. I do like it though. I it's mean, good. it's a nice Zahadoom. parallel. Mm-hmm. It is. It's good. It's solid. It's good work. Okay. So 
Blondo rings up Mr. Morton, tells him, hey, the Narns are on their way to this place called Zaha Doom. I don't know. Yeah, and he's just like, oh, I don't care about that planet, but when they get in there, though, just tell me exactly when they're going to arrive. Yeah, how, how long is it going to be? No, yeah, just tell me, like, let's see, TA, baby, like, you got ways. You can push that notification. I know you got that. Just tell me when they're going to get there. Not that I care. I don't care. What, I don't what care they when got? they're going to get what, there. What are we working with? What, yeah, what's coming? Just, what's going on? You yeah. know, like, one darn cruiser, two darn cruisers? Like, not that it matters, because yeah. we ain't there. But yeah. if we were there, if we were... <laughs> We'd really want to know when they were going to get there, just so we could roll out a little wagon, open a bottle of wine, pull up the charcuterie board. You know how it goes. We just want to be good hosts. But we're not there, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, there's nothing there. Nothing, nothing at all. It's, it's just a big old empty planet, I promise. But when they get in there, though, just tell me. <laughs> I know you know. Meanwhile, Talia goes to Midbay to help Garibaldi sort through his thoughts on the attack. Uh, yeah. She performs a deep scan, which everything we've heard sounds very unpleasant. And he's just like, okay. Yeah. And she tells him this isn't going to be admissible evidence. Yeah. You can't use this in court. He's like, I don't give and a it's, fuck. <laughs> and it's going to suck. But he doesn't care. No, he needs to know. And they see his AIDS reflection in the mirror. So they immediately take him into custody. <laughs> yeah. We cut to the trader sitting in an office. Another security guard lures him out into the hallway with the, the most ludicrous story. <laughs> Dolan's got butterfly wings. <laughs> yeah. He's pounced on by the SWAT team. Sheridan approaches and Lou Welch asks for permission to commit police brutality. <laughs> but Sheridan politely declines. <laughs> Not this time. He, at least he has permission, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Garibaldi, barely able to stand, goes to see his aide. This whole scene felt very CW to me. Yeah. Like, and I know that P10 became UPN, became the WB, became the CW. Uh-huh. It's all the same network. I, I felt like the scene where he's just like Garibaldi's trying to stand and he's being so dramatic about going to confront his aide and Franklin's just like, no, it, you, know, you can't do this right now. It felt like it was like straight out of fucking Riverdale. To, I haven't <laughs> even seen Riverdale, but that's what it felt like to me. Arrow. I've watched all of Arrow, so it felt oh, like okay. Arrow to me. There we okay. go. We get to the room and it's very dramatic. It's very dark in this room and they are freaking glowing on the screen. Like they are lit so bright that they are both glowing. The traitor insists there's a new order coming back home and he's chosen the winning side. Garibaldi tries to make the link to Home Guard, but he denies that this new order has anything to do with Home Guard. Garibaldi reminds the traitor that the penalty for treason is spacing. And then the traitor makes a tip of the hat type gesture to Garibaldi as he's leaving. Yep. That's important for later. Hmm. I'm glad Garibaldi explained it too. Mm -hmm. President Clark calls Sheridan to tell him that the aid, this conspiracy is totally not real, but if it was, I'm going to investigate fully. Mm -hmm. So send that aid and all records and just one copy of all the records and delete any locals, whatever, just uh, send me everything. And you don't need yeah. to keep anything for yourself. I'm going to handle this personally. Yeah, I, I have to personally <laughs> oversee this inquiry and, and I have to have yeah. all the evidence and I'm, I will keep you informed. Yeah, I respect Whatever. the man. So yeah. let me let me handle. Mm -hmm. Totally okay. trustworthy. I, I'm trustworthy. Trust me. I am trustworthy. Well, I'm not a crook. <laughs> the Narn reach Zaha Doom and are blown up by a spider ship immediately. Right out of the jump gate. Yep. Natoth reports back to the council that this is being declared a jump gate accident. Yep. To Natoth, to Furious is just not having this uh, <laughs> and lets Jakar know what's going on. And uh, Jakar is like, 
putting it all together in his head. It's like the only way that could have happened is if a ship was waiting in space for them, but they'd only be doing that if they knew they were, oh, <laughs> <laughs> who, who only the only people in the who knew were in this room. Oh, nothing's wrong. <laughs> yeah, Sheridan is Sheridan is following this line real quick. And he says, yeah. what exactly are you trying to say? To which Shakar says, nothing, nothing. Yeah, when he's a fucking traitor, nothing. Yeah. Uh, Lanier picks this time to interrupt and address the council and mm -hmm. announce that Ambassador Dolan is ready to return. So Franklin yep. has cleared her of the grayscale. Sheridan allows her to come in. Yep. And she walks in with her full hood over her face. Then all the men lose control of their jaws and have to pick them up off the floor when she reveals that she now has hair. What is it about her? Was it a strange celestial event? A secret of the ages. Maybe she's born with it. She is now part human, part Mimbari to act as a bridge between their peoples. She says she had the she got the approval of her government to do this, which is a fucking lie. Oh. Yeah, Just outright lie. <laughs> um, and then Sinclair living on Mimbar is also such a bridge, et cetera, et cetera, to, you know, may our peoples never war again, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So I know we made a meme. You made a joke about the cocoon of easier makeup. Yeah. Apparently this added like 45 minutes in the chair for her <laughs> because the headpiece was different and <laughs> mm -hmm. it required more work for hair to be able to go underneath it. Yeah. So it had like different attach points and before it was just like bald cap skull good to go i could see that i definitely feel like and i'm probably going to see it and i'll point it out if i do that there are some episodes where it's like something's not quite working here re hair slash you know ridge mm -hmm. i feel like i remember that sheridan recounts the events of the day to his sister who totally adds to the excitement by sharing a message Anna sent her that we were talking about earlier mm -hmm. and reveals to him the truth. But he does take this opportunity as a chance to say, I love you and goodbye. Yeah, he gets a little choked up. You mm -hmm. hear it. It's real sweet. Why wasn't this a hollow letter from home like the one we saw in the previous episode? Good point. Why couldn't this be the hollow letter? You got the actress. Yeah. You filmed the scene. Yeah. Yeah, this would make a good one, especially yeah. like when he reaches out to touch. Mm -hmm. That could have been a good moment. Ah, well, reboot. <laughs> yep. We come back from commercial to Garibaldi thanking Talia. And after she steps away, he's all like, fuck Psychor. This is a giant conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, he goes straight from. Uh, and goes, I mean, not not without reason. Yeah. Straight from one person tried to murder me to this is a giant conspiracy involving Psychor. Yeah, he used the same hand gesture Bester used. Remember how they endorsed the vice president, but not the president? It was all over the news. And it was a big deal because they hadn't endorsed anybody before. They weren't supposed to. It's against the charter yeah. to tell their members how to vote. Yep. Yeah. So he's convinced Sycor and Clark and maybe some other group that's not the Home Guard all worked together to assassinate Santiago. Yeah. Doesn't seem like that big a stretch from where we're yep. sitting. Sinclair sees his sister off at space TSA and Jakar quotes some yeets. Yeah. To Natas strikes back. <laughs> you had to come up with one last second there. Yeah, I forgot. I missed one. Garibaldi's aide vanishes and Clark leaves Babylon 5 on red. That's the episode. Yeah. 
That's, it doesn't give you any good feelings at the end of this episode either. Nope. Yeah. I know I said last time, you know, we didn't have resolution on things. And now we get resolution on, yes, we caught the guy who tried to kill Garibaldi. Garibaldi's mm-hmm. going to get better theoretically. But the traitor is gone. All the evidence is gone. Unless Garibaldi made backups. Mm. But he was also kind of in the unconscious in the hospital and shot. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. probably not. So that's not really his fault. Yeah. That guy was probably in charge of the backups. Mm, bad choice. Oh, yeah. All right, Laura. On a scale of Babylon 1 to Babylon 5, what do you rank this episode? Mm, that's a good question. I really should have thought about my rankings before we sat down. I don't know why I, I didn't. I also normally try to have my ranking decided before I sit down, and mm-hmm. I also do not this time. I mean, this one doesn't feel, I don't think I can quite give it four. Yeah. I feel like I'm still in three land. I'm still in three territory. Three is an average episode. Mm-hmm. Statistically speaking, most episodes should be three. Right. Right. So they're not bad. Yeah. I mean, and we agree that it's a good show. Uh-huh. So if the average episode is a good episode. Yeah. I think this one is a three for me. And I'm going to I'm gonna talk myself through it for a second. Go for it. You know, I really do like the little bits and pieces we're getting of the, sh- the shadows. And now we've heard Zaha Doom. We know we're kind of where they're at, where they be. I like the way we ass- get Talia comes in with the assist to help us catch who shot Garibaldi. I like all those plot points. I think you're right that it just feels like this episode could have had Sinclair. I wish we could have had yeah. Sinclair. Yeah, I know that. I know why we couldn't. And... <laughs> You know, it's no one's fault, but I do think this episode would have been a four for me getting the emotional bonding moment of uh, Sinclair sacrificing part of his life to save his best friend Garibaldi. Mm-hmm. And that moment feels so much more hollow with Sheridan going, yeah, well, I'm commander, so he's my responsibility, too. I don't want to get yelled at for my chief of security dying two weeks in. Mm-hmm. I don't want to look um, bad because you did this and I didn't do this. <laughs> Yeah. But there's a lot of really good stuff, too, with uh, the conspiracy and mm-hmm. the plot and all of the layers in the building and stuff. And a lot of the see, uh, threads from season one slowly being tied together. Yeah. So I'm I'm firmly in like 3.5 out of four territory. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the decimals are back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is a very good three. Yeah, it's definitely on. If you if you want to put a spectrum on the the number three, it's yeah, on it's the a good three side. plus. Yeah, 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 three and a half. All right, three. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll switch from decimals to pluses and minuses. It's a three plus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that won't uh, that won't make anybody in the Discord mad at all. Not nope, no one's going to be upset about it. Nope. Speaking of the Discord, if you would like to chat with us, you can find our Discord on. Either the Facebook or you can. Yeah, uh, yeah, you have to get an invite link. Uh, There should be one on the Facebook. If you can't find it, email us. We'll give it to you and we'll post it more regularly or find a better way to do it. Yeah, you can email us at whoareub5 at Mm gmail.com. And what are we going to be watching next week? Geometry of Shadows, season two, episode three. Londo hears a bizarre prophecy that will affect the galaxy from a wizard. Ivanova is promoted. Nearly recovered, Garibaldi questions his competency as security chief and considers quitting. Mm. Also, this is the one with the Drazi and the purple and green. 
Is it really? It is. Oh my God. Well, that's going to be fun. Because last season we thought Born to the Purple was the one with the purple and green. I mean, it was not. Not the one. <laughs> <laughs> but I did note that it was season two, episode three, instead of season one, episode three, as we initially thought. And there we are, season two, episode three already. We're going to have a lot of things going on in this episode then, because that's a lot of things just in this title. Well, Ivanova getting promoted, I think, is pretty quick. I don't remember. I haven't watched this one yet. Yeah. Um, the Techno Mage is fun and most of the episode. Mm -hmm. uh, I think most of the Garibaldi stuff isn't too bad. And then yeah. it's the Drazi subplot. I mean, to be fair, we have also questioned a lot of Garibaldi's competency as chief of security sure. throughout season one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because the whole Drazi subplot starts with sounds like a problem for a commander. Bye. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. It's how that gets all kicked off and made of Anova's problem. Yeah. That's going to be great. All right. Well, thanks to Jeremy Siegel. You can find more music from him at jeremysiegel42.bandcamp.com. He created our excellent theme song. And thank you to Angry Duck Time Machine on Instagram for our podcast artwork. We've already told you where you can find more of us. You can email us at whoareub5 at gmail.com. And you can also get in on that Discord if you need a link. So. All right. We'll see you next week, Internet. All right. Bye. Bye.